0: Everybody and welcome back to Roar. My name is Sam Spellman, and today we're gonna have an amazing, amazing, amazing conversation. Hope you guys buckled up and uh, got ready to go because we're about to go for a ride. We're going for a trip in the Word of God. No, (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. If this is your first time, the show's called Roar, which stands for Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. This is just a podcast and a simple conversation about the Word of God, and we allow the Scripture to help us see and reveal to us who our Redeemer, Jesus, really is, because the whole Word, excuse me, points to Him. All of creation points to Him, because through Him, the Bible says, all things were made through Him. In Colossians 1, everything is also reconciled back to Himself through the blood of the cross. And John 1 also talks about the Word was with God, the Word was God. So there's, a, there's some really good scripture that points to the fact that all of things, all of life, all of, um, yeah, just everything points back to Christ one way or another. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And without getting too deep, too quick, but, you know, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. There's... A reason that the earth was made the way it was. There's a reason why man has a certain place of authority and a position in the earth that nothing else in creation has. There's a reason that only man can communicate the way that we do. And when I say man, I'm talking about male and female. It's not a gender thing. I'm just saying as a, you know, as a created being in the image of God, there's a reason. Because earth was made for man. It was made for man to rule over. And Christ is a ruler. He's a king. The Bible says he's king of kings and Lord Of lords, And so I want to get into Isaiah chapter 66 today and just read a little bit about this because it's important we understand the flow of authority. Um, It's important we understand the way that, you know, God has set this up. And already what the Holy Spirit was just saying in that last just few seconds when I opened this up about the position about Christ being Lord of Lords. Listen to this. Isaiah 66 and verse 1 says this, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. So already off the bat, we're aware kind of who's on top, you know, where does, where does this thing go? And even whenever I say who's on top, I'm just talking about the originating point because in the kingdom of heaven, Um, Jesus came and he revealed, he talked about seeds. He talked about um, in John that the Lord is, um, how do you say this? He is like a gardener. He's a pruner. He goes around and there's like these vineyards that that are growing. And Jesus says, I am the root and you are the branches. So there's also this element of singular originating point or a a taproot. You know, not just on top pyramid like we think of when we think of authority that, you know, there's this pyramid and at the top is the king, then you have the nobles, then you have the... Um, you know, whatever, echelon, the knights, then like the peasants. It's not just that way, but it's also in like a V shape where there's the tap root, And then as it grows up, there's more and more branches. The thicker branches are on the bottom because they've had more experience and more time. They've been fed more, they've been pruned back more. And then the newer branches on the very top are a little bit more flimsy and thin. So there's a a density, there's a, a maturity that's there. But There's also, you know, you can see how authority can go both ways depending on how you look at it. But when we read this, this also demonstrates not only the top down, that heaven is at top. When Jesus prayed, he looked up to the heavens. There's this awareness that God is on top. He is the absolute authority. But Jesus comes down and reveals this servanthood that God is also on the bottom. He's also the taproot underneath and undergirding everything. So it's important that we understand both of those things in our walk with the Father and our walk with Jesus, who is the Son, the top and the bottom. the right? You kind of see what I'm talking about there? Anyway. says this, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Jesus came as a man into the footstool and the father sits in the heavens on his throne. He says this, what is the house that you would build for me? What is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made. And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. Now think about, so at the beginning, this goes into all the natural things that we could try to build or, you know, do and and. And it's not that doing isn't connected to who we are, but it's not just what we do or what we build or what we form or fashion that is necessarily the thing that the Lord is looking after. I think there's a scripture that says he He delights in obedience and not sacrifice, or he delights more in obedience, not just in sacrifice and you would think about the sacrifice being the things that we do with our hands the um the building the time spent the why you know i spent 2 weeks of my time lord preparing this you know whatever or building this or doing whatever it is that we would we would be accomplishing but it's the obedience In what we're doing that also matters It's both Again back to the heavens and the earth It's not just doing things in the earth And it's not just having an obedient heart That doesn't do anything Like James says faith apart from my works is dead So there's this reality of both There is the heavens and the earth There is the obedience and the doing There is this kind of dynamic relationship Between both things It's very similar to a husband and the wife Christ is the head We are the body so there's the decision making of the head, the leadership of the head, the planning of the head, and there is the fulfilling of the body in the earth. There's the doing, and so you see this dynamic actually works in all levels of authority and every um, tier, so to speak. There's a balance of both that we get to have in our lives, and we can see this in Isaiah 66. Just in this few, just in these few verses, where he just talks about the dynamic between heaven and the earth, that dynamic declares the Lord is very important. In verse 2, he continues on, on the heels of the Lord talking about all the doing, he says this back into the heart of obedience, but this is the one whom I will look. So the Lord very clearly distinguishes, I'm not just looking for what you're doing for me. I'm not just looking for the things that people do, but I'm looking for this, he who is humbled and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. The Lord's looking for trust. Um, just recently, I was spending some time praying with my family, and we were discussing that this is something that the Lord's looking for. And if you've heard any of the teachings that we've done on this podcast or any of the family mission episodes, we talk about this a lot, and we've I've probably mentioned it on the Roar podcast at some point, but the reality of... In the Garden of Eden, the thing that was lost was trust. It wasn't just a broken rule. It wasn't just doing the wrong thing. It was the heart was turned away. There was a a rebellion and a broken trust in the heart. There was a decision made to turn away from the goodness of God. And that broken trust is what then produced all the repercussions in the natural. And so in our lives, when we're humble and contrite and we tremble at the word, that all that really means is that there is a reverence and a trust for the word of God. But again, you have to have that understanding of who's at the top of this thing. That's a great basis. That's a great place to start. It's like you start in the Old Testament and then Jesus comes. Unless there's an appreciation, uh, excuse me, appreciation for the fact that God is absolute over everything and everything, everything is under him. Until that's just accepted, then the reality of Jesus coming to reveal the intimacy and the closeness and the mercy and the heart behind the one who is over everything, that dynamic can't even be appreciated because you have to have both in your heart. It's like, um, it's like with, with children, if you're, you know, if you're trying to teach your children, the, um, weight of their, uh, their actions, excuse me, I had a hiccup, If you're trying to teach your children the weight of if you, you know, if you touch the iron or the stove, you're going to get burned. Well, if you never allow, if there's never a reality of, man, that stove is hot and it actually is hot, then, I mean, yeah, your child can understand. But until there's a very real um, consequence, for lack of a better word, reality that this is not just a game, this is not just a fantasy, but this is the real deal until that's there then the heart behind the parent of the command of the of the of the statement of the word then it has more weight to it it's the same thing with the father and the son until we realize there is an absolute judge and every single thing in heaven and earth is going to be judged and peter he talks about the earth is going to be judged with fire Uh, second peter you can read about it in your very own bible if you want to Um, there's things like that, that until that is understood and is respected and is treated with honor and reverence, then the incredible love and grace that has been shed abroad doesn't even have like a playing field. It's like you have the ball of grace and mercy, and there's this beautiful ball that you can get a touchdown with every time. But until you have a field to actually play on, it doesn't make sense. You, can have, you have to have heaven and earth. You can have the beautiful love and grace and mercy that is in heaven, but until you have the reality of earth and the dirt and the, the, the grounds on which to play, you can't even appreciate the heavenly things. Does that make sense? There's this reality of having to have both in our lives, and it's not you know, just one or just the other. It's being a full, well-rounded being that's created in the image of the Father that is spirit, soul, and body. We have heaven with our spirit, we have the earth which is our flesh, and then in between we have the soul which connects the two. And so you see this working out, that's why it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I believe it's Philippians talks about that. There's this understanding of being seated in heavenly places like Ephesians talks about, but there's also the sobriety of when you read throughout the the working of Romans and he talks about the law and the works of the flesh versus the works of the spirit Galatians talks about those that stay in the spirit versus the flesh there's a reality of both that even throughout the epistles not just in the old testament with the heaven and the earth description, but even in the epistles in the New Testament, this is still discussed. Jesus himself said, I did not come to abolish the law in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, but he said, I have come to fulfill it. And he actually stepped things not only in the natural, in the earth, don't just not murder somebody, but don't even have the murder in your heart, the spirit, the heavenlies, and the natural in the outer workings of what we do physically. There's this relationship between both that is so important. And um, there's a lot of perversion out there. I'm going to be really honest here. There's a lot of perversion in a lot of Eastern religions, specifically with like yin-yang and these other um, knockoffs of heaven and earth. And there's there's these lies that try to circulate. Well, it's just this balance of light and darkness. You need a little bit of darkness and you know that's a bunch of, no, you don't. Because light dispels the darkness. You don't need darkness in you. What you need is Jesus Christ. What you need is the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of you. Because the Holy Spirit actually brings a full accompanying accompanying light to why the heavens? Why the earth? Why did the Lord do this? The Bible says this specifically. In Luke chapter 10. I want to go there and read this real quick as I kind of land here. Hopefully land this ship. Um... In Luke chapter 10, well, 9 and 10, Jesus sends out the 12 uh, disciples and he sends out the 70 um, in Luke chapter 10. And he talks about going into a place, letting your peace rest on it. Um, And then he goes and he talks about the rejection. And verse 17, he says this, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy. Nothing shall hurt you. So, right there, that would be like the natural reality of yin yang. You can triumph over your, you know, your soul and a lot of those verbiage, and you can, you know, control your body and be disciplined. That's all there. But That natural realm and that solical realm is not the depth of it. We're not playing on that low playing field. We're playing with an eternal, we're on an an eternal playing field. Listen to this. He says this, nothing shall ever hurt you. Verse 20, nevertheless, do not rejoice or take your joy, your gratification, your satisfaction, satisfaction, or your understanding from just that level. But, Rejoice not just in that the spirits and the natural things are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In other words, rejoice in your relationship with love himself, with the Father and with the Son. Don't just let the doings. Don't just let the quote-unquote balance be the thing that you're rejoicing in. Rejoice in the fact that you are connected to your eternal Father. Because in only in that connection through Jesus Christ can anything else make sense. I'm going to say that again. Only through the connection with our eternal Father who formed and fashioned us before we were ever even brought into this realm of the earth through our mother's womb Before we were ever even brought in, even to the kingdom, born again, before all of these things, the Lord fashioned us and shaped us individually. And that reconnection, be being born again and baptized and brought back into the kingdom, only through that connection can there be any understanding of anything I'm talking to you about. If you've not been born again and you've listened to all of this, there's a way that you can try to interpret it, but only by the Holy Spirit will you be able to interpret it correctly. It's not just a mental game. It's not just some, oh, okay, I understand the principle. No, this is a spiritual, eternal reality. And these words in this book, in the Bible, are the holy words of God. They are eternal words. They are not just to be taken lightly and interpreted solically. They're to be interpreted by the Holy Spirit of God. And the only way is if you receive the Holy Spirit of God into you. If you receive the gift of Christ and you give up of yourself. Jesus said this. He said, you must first deny yourself. That means deny all understanding you think you've got. That means everything you thought you ever learned, deny it and let the Lord tell you what's right and wrong. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. In other words, give up, and give up yourself, not just for, you know, don't just give up of yourself physically, which you will, but give yourself up for other people. You're going to put yourself on a cross. You're going to take that place. You're going to be an intercessor. You're going to be an intermediary for people. You're going to take some punches and not punch back. You're going to put up yourself, and you will carry your cross through this life. And you will then follow the example of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom are the least, the servants, the ones who are at the bottom. What does that mean? They're the root, they're the foundation. All of these things work together, but it all goes back to the heaven and the earth, the relationship between the supernatural and the natural. And the only way that any of that makes any sense. The only way that any of these things can happen in our lives, this eternal reality of God, this eternal relationship with the one who created us, this eternal life, because we all were made in the image of the eternal one, the great I am. We were made to be in authority in the earth. Look at, look at the earth naturally and just tell me who's the top species. Who, who is colonizing the earth? I don't see sharks just pitching tents everywhere. I don't see dogs, you know, have whole cities where they just, you know, they have their court systems and they have, you know, they have their their police, they have their bakeries and the dogs just chitter chatter and they have their little bridge club and they go. No, people, people colonize. People were made to rule the earth. We were made. But the only way we'll understand who we are and what we were all about, this eternal reality of being made in the image of the creator, the only way is through Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And through following him, through denying ourselves, denying the wisdom we think we understand, even when we read the word, let the Holy Spirit, and only by the Holy Spirit can any of us, only by his power and his grace. Why, when you say, why, why do you say that? Why? Because the Bible says this, we love him because he first loved us. That tells me I'm not the originator of this story. I'm not the the originating point. The father, back to the beginning of this podcast, the originating point, the heavens and the earth, the one who sits, the father is the one who originated all of this, not me. I might've made a choice to follow and to, to go after. Yes, I did make that choice. But he's the one who pursued me first. He's the one that said, hey, how you doing first? Not me. I didn't go and find him. He found me in Jesus. And once he found me, I then, it's like Peter, Jesus said, who do people say that I am, Peter? Peter said this, he said, you're the Christ. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Peter. You did not find, but my Father, the Spirit revealed this to you. So Peter didn't even figure it out on his own. He had been spending all this time with Jesus, and even himself, he didn't figure it out. It was the Holy Spirit which gave the discernment, gave the understanding to Peter. And he wasn't even a born-again saved person at the time. So again, it's the Holy Spirit that woos and leads us all. And understanding the heavens and the earth, it all will make a lot of sense. So hopefully this podcast didn't get a little, I don't think it did. But these realities, if you're born again, they'll make sense. And if you haven't been born again, I want to just say, um, I think a very quick um, encouragement to you. Because being born again is a personal decision. I like to... uh, discuss it this way. Um, Being born again is a choice to enter into like a marriage and a covenant. And that choice has to come from both people. Jesus has made his choice. He made it very clear when he climbed up on the cross for you and for me and said, it is finished. And he gave up everything of who he was for you and for me. He's made his choice. He said, I chose you. He has, right? Now it's up to us. How are we going to respond to his proposal? Are we going to allow all that he's done. Are we going to get into the word and read and understand and listen to teaching, go and get involved with people who know the Lord and really see who he is and then make that choice. Okay. I see. I I understand who you are. I see what you're about. Jesus. I do want to give up my life to you just like you would sign and get into and give your life into a marriage and you, you know who the other and you give of yourself. It's the same way. It's not just a prayer. You pray. It's a life that you're going to live. And I don't know who's all watching this podcast, but I really feel in my spirit, someone you want to make that choice. I want you to know you can. It is a free, loving gift. The Lord is so, so, so merciful to us. He is so loving. He literally invented love. So if anyone knows how to love, it's him. If anyone knows how to pursue and love and take care and be kind, it is him. He literally created all of those things. But it's up to us to make that choice. And if you want to make that choice, I encourage you. The Bible says those who believe in your heart and confess in your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that he did all that he did. He was raised again on the third day. He is Lord and you invite him into your heart to live and you give of yourself in your own words and you call on the name of the Lord. Believe in your heart and you confess out of your mouth and you call on him. You will be saved. I want you to, to take the time and really, really hear and and make a decision of your own heart. Um, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. I can tell you that from my personal experience. But anyway, I just want to encourage you you to do that. If you're listening and you're wa- or you're watching this and you want to uh, want to make that decision, I encourage you to do that. It's believe in your heart, confess with your mouth Jesus is who he says he is. He is the son of God. He was resurrected on the 3rd day and he has saved me. He did all that he did on the cross for you and for me. Believing that, confessing that, I guarantee you you'll You'll feel, you'll, you'll know in a moment, because your spirit, the Bible says in Romans, that your spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit that you are sons of God. You will have a knowing like you've never known before in your the deepest part of who you are. You will know. Anyway, I think that's about all I got for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. The Lord is so good to us. He's so faithful. Um, he's so loving. He's so kind. He's so smart he's so just and fair he, he's just he's he's just the stuff he's just he knows what he's doing um, yeah if you want more information about myself if you like to get in touch with um, the ministry, if you'd like to give in to, to Spelman Ministries and Family Mission and support what we're doing and get involved and in, and in giving, you can do that. And, and getting on, we have a prayer team that we've got. There's all that information you can find in the description and the links below you can um, reach out there. So check that stuff out. If this blessed you or you feel like someone needs to hear this, feel free to share it. Word of mouth, that always does amazing to get more and more people a part of the conversation. So thank you guys. I love you. I always like to leave the blessing because... The Lord does love us. He is speaking life over us. The Bible says that Jesus sits and makes intercession for us in the heaven, sits beside the Father. So may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.